no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. What's a good word, Mark? Yeah, yeah, we've been feeling good. So your power, everything stayed on. I mean, went out for a second, came back on. Okay, sounds good. I was one of those idiots that was driving in that. I had to get to the gym yesterday, so it was crazy. I, a, a part of me, a dub. I was like, oh man, it'll be fine. And I was driving. I'm like, man, these clouds are dark as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw those clouds get dark. I was like, uh oh, we got trouble coming this way. Yeah, but it, you know, it passed through, and I was thankful that when I got back to the crib. No damage. I saw a couple of trees down, and I'm like, damn, luckily, no no damage to the cars, no damage to the cribs. I was I was lucky. That's a blessing right there, because you know how it can be. We see me and those storms been hit, hit the Chicago Lane area where it ruined a lot of stuff. So good you didn't get impacted this time, bro. No, not this time, because you know the last time my damn garage went tumbling down. So you know me. I, <laughs> when, when that when, when that weather come, boy, I'm on I'm on high alert. <laughs> Hey, friends, I just invested in a new garage. Can't have that happen again, man. Not again. <laughs> Hell no. Uh-uh. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Right. <laughs> but no, man, other than that, man, glad to hear that uh, everything's good on your end. But, man, without further ado, man, let's get into it because we got a lot to unpack on this show. Robert Quinn deserves to play on a Super Bowl contending team. This is a rebuild. This is a rebuild. Uh, <laughs> a rebrand, whatever the fuck they want to call it. This is not a situation where Robert Quinn is going to go to the playoffs this year or make a deep run. Thirty-two right. year old guy coming off of a career year. I mean, I can't blame the guy from for doing what he's doing. He's trying to force the Bears' hand. Yeah, you know what? And I get it. You know, you write press. He wants to be in a better situation. Um, and I'm quite sure his agents played a big part of trying to help him get to that point, right, to where he can get to a team where he can be valuable, right, and be an asset. Right, this is a different team, for instance, than what he came to, you know, um, in Chicago. So it's not the same team, not the same coaching style. Everything is different. A lot of veterans that he was playing with, they're no longer here, right? So this is just a whole new thing for him. So I get why he wants out. And, I mean, not to even uh, forget about the, the big piece of the whole equation here is he doesn't owe – Ryan Poles anything. He don't even know the guy. Right? <laughs> so he right? came here under a total different regime. Yep. And this is no offense to Justin or anybody here, but Robert Quinn is like looking around the room and like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're right. He's like, he's good. A couple of guys have got potential, but they're not quite there yet. You know, a lot of these guys are so young, you know, um, and they're starting out. So it's a different feel, a different vibe, right? These other kids, young guys got a lot to learn, man. Eberflus, he was basically holding out hope that Robert Quinn would report, but it wasn't going to happen. And, and, I, and I can understand why Eberflus right. would want this guy there, because you definitely want a guy with that type of cachet to be at that type of event for your team. However, Robert Quinn is a pro. We all know that he's training away from the team. He's going to be ready, whether that's here in Chicago or yes. whether they move him somewhere else. But the one thing that we talked about on this show during the offseason was the fact of if it, if it made sense to trade Robert Quinn before the draft or way closer to the midseason trade deadline. And in my opinion, I thought you might be able to get more for him by holding on to a little bit longer. But I wonder with Robert Quinn, is this more of a situation where he's letting the organization know where he's at? 
or is he staying away because he don't want to get injured? And that's another thing. Maybe that's the key right there, Perez, of not wanting to, to get injured because as you've been hearing, it's a lot of intensity going on with the Ibrahim's practice. It's like, is that too much for a rapper playing right there from a health standpoint? Who knows, right? But at the end of the day, you're right. This guy's already training, still doing his thing to get ready for the season. And also, Perez, if he was to get traded like now, it might put him in a better situation to be able to catch up to speed for the other team, right? What they want to do, what kind of plays they want to run, what kind of scheme they want to run, right? Versus waiting to midseason. Now you get traded through midseason. You got to probably kind of like try to start fresh a little bit and understand your new team. Yeah, and also, too, on top of that, there's no more guaranteed money left on that contract. Ooh. And so that's a big part of the equation as well. That's a big difference right there, man. Huge. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, honestly, that's something that's going to be really worth monitoring. I guarantee Ryan Poles is probably somewhere now huddled up and trying to figure this whole situation out. Yeah, and I think if I was to think what kind of guy Ryan Poles is, I think he wants to do the right thing for the veterans, right? I mean, he's done a good job, you know, for some of the other ones, you know what I'm saying? Like Khalil Mack. I would yep. wonder, I think that he would probably do the same thing for Robert Quinn, just out of respect, because the guy done a great job for the Bears, especially last season, which we know what that would look like for Robert Quinn. He was excellent. And then think about a guy like him being a bet that the work he put into it, you might want to put him in a great situation if you were to uh, trade him. So we'll see what happens there, but I think Ryan Post had that mindset for veterans. I honestly, I honestly look at it this, this way. There's a couple wide receivers out there, A-Dub, that I feel like we should be looking at. Mm-hmm. D- DK Metcalf is the obvious one. But Ooh. Terry McLaughlin with the Washington, the Commanders. Those are two wide receivers that I feel like, hey, we can use Robert Quinn as a trade ship now. Bring, <laughs> bring one of them motherfuckers here now. Yes, sir. Guess what? We already know what kind of trade value that Robert Quinn has um, at this point. He's at the highest he's going to ever be right now. So that is something to consider. So – I mean, honestly, A-Dub is just when that when that came over the wire today, I just kind of looked and I said, well, I'm not surprised because we've been hearing rumblings that he wanted out of Chicago. Right. And I'm sorry, but he signed up for play. He signed up to play next to Khalil Mack. Yeah. Khalil Mack got traded. I kind of knew, like, uh, Robert. That's Quinn, it. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably ain't going to want no parts of this situation because we, we automatically all assume that, okay, Robert Quinn, Gibson, they're going to be the tandem. Robert Quinn was like, not so fast, y'all. Not so fast. <laughs> hey, look, Robert Quinn started looking around, seeing what's going to happen. Okay, let they let Matt go. All right, is Hicks coming back? What's going to happen there? Oh, they ain't getting him back. I got to make a move here. So I just like the guy in general. But you know what? It is what it is for us. We'll see what happens there, man. But I'm quite sure he's going to, wherever he goes to, he's going to make an impact there. Yeah, the biggest thing with Robert Quinn is he's just always honest. I mean, yeah. even, even the year that he was here before the, the breakout season that he had, he was honest. He stood up there at the podium. He took the tough questions. He took the heat. He didn't make excuses. He didn't duck the media. Nope. So so a guy like that, he's a stand-up guy. So I rock with Robert Quinn. And, and listen, we issued him a public apology on this show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we owed it to him, Rez. <laughs> man, we did. Man, we did. Because I'm telling you, man, there were some episodes that we was talking about him being on the milk carton and other people. <laughs> and we had guests that came on the show, and they was going after him. And I'm like... Robert Quinn, I am so sorry that our platform aired you out like that. We owe you the biggest of apology. And even with this situation here, yep. I hope that if he, for some reason, doesn't end up being here in Chicago, that he lands in a good spot. But I also hope that Ryan Post gets every bit of fucking value out of him that we can. That's what it's about right there. Get everything you can, man. Milk that. Whatever we can get for Robert Quinn, man, to the max. Let's take it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, also, Jeremiah Otachu. We saw that he was really stayed dub. 
What were your thoughts there? Because I was kind of surprised when that move happened because he was just speaking to the media about how he thought he was going to be a really good fit in this defense. Yeah, it did shock me, though. But the thing is, I kind of understand why, Perez. Because you think about the schemes he played in, what, 3-4, he's going to a 4-3 now. That is totally different probably from what right. he's discussed with the plan in quite a while, right? So I thought of that piece of, like, so where is he going to fit in? And then look about some of the other pieces we got already, right? Like Muhammad, um, Dominique Robinson, where these guys come along at in this process. So do you lose any ground by letting Jeremiah go? And I think we probably don't, Brett. So it wasn't too much of a shocker for me. Yeah, I think it was a surprise for him because he was probably under the impression that, okay, in this defense, they were just going to have him just get off the ball. Right. And use that athleticism. And he never really got a chance to do that. But however, A-Dub, to your point, I'm not really surprised because when you look at what they did by releasing him, they freed up cap space. Yes. Which we now have the third most cap space available of teams. So, I mean, Ryan Poles has done a great job there. But mm-hmm. then we go then we go with that roster spot and we pick up Mike Fennell. And what have I been talking about all offseason? I said, hey, this defensive line has concerned me a little bit. You said it, yeah. So now you pick up a veteran to compete with Tonga. Poles kind of normal a little bit too, you know, playing with KCs. So it's like, you know, it's not a guy that Poles don't know, right? Poles, you know, very good scout in my opinion know what this guy can bring to the table. I mean, so he kind of adds to that value of this mix we have now with Tonga, Blackson, and Justin Jones, right? No, exactly. And this is also Fennel's second stint here with the with the Bears because you remember uh, he was on the roster uh, last training camp as well. Yeah. So, like, I, like you mentioned, though, reunited with Ryan Poles again. So this is a good move. I mean, I like this move. It's really good for depth purposes on this defensive line because – Honestly, man, I mean, we lost so much with losing a Hakeem yeah. Hicks. I mean, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> Eddie Goldman. You know, at the end of the day, man, this defensive line, I'm really going to be keep, keeping my eye on this shit as we progress over the summer because it's just a lot of situations with this defense where I think it has promise and potential to be really good, but it starts up front. Everybody knows that. That's true. It, it does start up front, President. They can make an impact up there up front, man. Can stop the run, apply pressure. Hey, man, that helps the secondary for sure. So it's about this unit here now showing us what they can do. Because, I mean, we saw in the past our old unit, they were able to do some things. Some things. So can these guys can even keep up with that group? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard-pressed to get that same type of productivity. Yeah. You got from Hakeem Hicks, win healthy. Mm-hmm. When an Eddie Goldman win motivated or whatever was going on with Eddie <laughs> Goldman, you know what I mean? Right, I get you. <laughs> I get you. I mean, there, and, and, I, and you know what? And I and I liked Bilal Nichols. I mean, when he when he left, I kind of looked at that move like, well, you know, they weren't going to pay him what the market said. But I thought Bilal was a, was a solid player on this team. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree, man. When he came out there, we didn't lose a beat. Perez, you know, he still sustained the attack. I mean. He was getting some nice hits in, sacks and all that good stuff. So he played a big part, man. And that's one thing you like about those kind of guys, like like Bilal Nichols, man. Um, you you enjoy guys who can, can can work with a good unit. So miss we actually probably will miss him a little bit. So no, no, we definitely will. Not, not just a little bit, A Dub. I I look at this thing now. I'm, I'm gonna give Justin Jones and company. I'm gonna give them a, the benefit of the doubt. But man, in training camp, man, I need to see man what we got up front. And especially now we got this Robert Quinn stuff on Horizon 2. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> it's a lot of change right there, friends. I mean, we may have a whole damn, 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 whole new unit, bro, uh, because of all this change we got going on. So it's going to be different. So, audience, on today's show, what we want to do is we want to recap some of our biggest 
thoughts and takeaways from OTAs. And then we're going to kind of end the episode by talking through some of our observations or some of our thoughts with veteran mandatory mini camps coming on the, on the horizon here. So with that being said, A-Dub, when we talk about the OTA portion of everything, right? one of the biggest things that you and I kept talking about over and over again is competition, competition, right. competition, right? And what Matt Eberflus showed us in these OTAs, we just got a little bit of a glimpse. But the first thing, A-Dub, He's changing the culture within this team. We talked about that so much, the intensity he brought, brought in. You talked about the fact that, hey, you know, Iberfus is doing a little too much with the live contact and the NFL slapped him on the wrist, canceled <laughs> the practice. But right. however, Cody Whitehair and some of the other players, Cole Komet, they like that shit. You know what I mean? And that shows you a little bit more about the competitive juices of this team, and he's adding a little bit of that to the mix, bro. Oh, that's what you like right there, Perez. You're right, changing the culture has been a big thing, even having the Veterans Cup, right, to show up and show some love to the young players and give them a speech, you know. Uh, you just kind of enjoy that kind of a thing because it's something different that we haven't seen in quite some time. So you got to give even Flutes a lot of credit there, man, for trying to change this culture here and do those things you shared. And the good things that we've seen some of these young guys, you know, um, show us some things like Caleb Gordon, uh, Jaquan Brisker. These guys have been stepping the game up, man. In, past, in the past regime, Yep. What you would see in OTAs and what you would see in these mini camps is guys not going full speed. You would see guys kind of going three-quarter speed. Well, under Matt Eberflus, there's going to be no more of that. Guys are going to be going 100%. He's not going to allow for loafing. He's not going to allow for guys taking plays off. And that's going to be a welcome change here. It's not going to be any more of that laid-back camp. It's going to be guys flying around. And I like that. And also, too, to the point you made about those rookies, you're going to see those guys trying to rip the ball out. That's going to be a welcome change because we haven't really seen a lot of the emphasis on that. Now, now we talked about last year in Hallis Hall, how they had that takeaway bucket that they were bringing out, and that was all cool and cute. And then when the regular <laughs> season happened, I didn't see no damn takeaway bucket around that, running around out there. Not at all. <laughs> so with Matt Eberflus, this is not going to be a gimmick. This is going to be what this team is all about, and that's what you want. You don't, Fuck the gimmicks. Go out there on the field and go get us that football defense. Exactly. He should have put that part, make it part of the DNA. You're right, man. That speed, consistency, takeaways. He's making that part of the culture press. And that's something that Ebers Fools has been putting the emphasis on. So I can't do that but a roll with that kind of a mentality from the head coach for his. So let him keep doing what he's doing right there. You're right. That is a big part of changing this culture here. But with that also being said, with the fact that guys are going to have to be going full speed and going all out and going 100%, people are going to have to earn their starting jobs. Yes. I mean, you saw what he did with Jalen Johnson. Now, a lot of us were doing Jalen Johnson, the next guy, which, I mean, we all know. Let's not fool ourselves. Jalen Johnson is going to be a future R pro in this league. However, even a guy like that, Matt Eberflus is like, no, son, <laughs> you going to the second straight. I'm going to make you have to prove to me that you conditioned and you're ready for me before I even put you into that starting lineup. And we all know where he's going to end up, but he even sent Jalen a message. And that's why I like right there, Perez. You hit it right on the head, sending a message. We're not going to take no shit here. You're going to earn what you got, man. Play hard, come ready, come prepared. If you're not there, guess what? This is where you're going to be if you're not ready. These other guys have been playing, they're a little bit ahead of you right now. So if you want to earn it back, you can earn it back. We know you will. Yeah, I mean, even with a guy like Tevin Jenkins, you you also saw where he's a guy that last year, hey, we were all highly touting him because, I mean, I mean, if you looked at the videos and saw the, the things that, that Tevin Jenkins was doing on the college level, I mean, who wouldn't be excited that we added that to this football team? However... Matt Eberflus was like, okay, that's cool, but I need to see what you're going to do on that grass. So even he is someone that the organization is looking at right now, like, hey, we need to see what you got, kid. 
That's it, Prez. They want to see the work. See the see what you're able to do, man. How can you perform? How can you help this team, right? What's your impact? And I think they're assessing everything when it comes down to these players, especially Jenkins for sure. But one of the other biggest things that we found out from these OTAs, A-Dub, just to kind of wrap things up, Justin Fields. We talked about it on last week's show. We did a nice, really, I thought we did a really good job, not to pat ourselves on the back. I thought we did a really good job of breaking down how this, how this team get the most out of him this season. But a lot of people on this team right now have been high on, on, on Fields, where, whether it's Eberflus, whether it's Getsy, whether it's Cole Commit. And other main people on that offense, people on that defense, Lucas Patrick. So that means something when everybody's kind of looking at the quarterback right now and saying, hey, this kid's got it. He's got that if factor. And what it makes us believe, outside looking in, that this kid is ready, right? Like he's ready to take that next step. He's took the work in. He's getting all this good positive feedback from coaching. Like I said, the players, it's all come together. And the thing is, we hear things that we didn't hear last season, right, about how he's commanding the, the field and all that stuff, right, how he's been more of a leader right there, getting guys together more so than he did in the past. So it's like this guy's showing all those intentions that you and I talked about, Perez, of how he's ready and ready for that next step. No, and, and that's a definitely fair point. And as we mentioned last week, I think Justin Fields, you're going to see him being utilized this season more effectively than he was last year. But Absolutely. one point that you brought up, and I want to make sure that we – touch on this again you brought up the rookies whether it was Gordon you, you, you also brought up Brisker but I also think we need to put Velas Jones in there as well yes. I think that those rookies and, and what we from what we've heard from the OTAs they all made strong impressions now we already heard that Brisker and, and Gordon were standing out on defense forcing turnovers but when it came to Velas Jones even Justin Fields was talking about his speed and how he was making plays out there and that ability to, you know, when he catches the ball and how he could turn up the field. So these rookies that Ryan Poles brought into the mix here, I think have made a really good impression. Also, and I talked about it on the draft recap episode, Braxton Jones. You guys remember I said, do not be surprised if Braxton Jones comes in here and potentially earns a starting spot on this team. And I know there was a lot of people when they heard that episode, they kind of pushed back. They were like, oh, it's only a fifth round draft pick. Yeah, you, you say that because you don't watch film like I do. See, I saw this kid play. I saw him down at the Senior Bowl. I knew that this kid had some talent. And when Ryan Poles picked this guy up, and then we see last week that this guy was getting reps with the ones at left tackle, and they moved Borum over to right tackle. I'm like, mm -hmm. see? See? Man, man, you were spot home, friend. I actually got to see more of this kid. And you're right. He's actually making an impact right now. I mean, he's doing all the things that you would like a, a guy to do to get to that point and to see how the, the leadership team views him right now, Perez, with playing, you know, that, that type of position. It's like, man, this kid is coming. So you don't know what's going to happen between Tevin Jenkins and Borum, but guess what? Braxton's showing that, hey, I'm, I'm ready, I'm coming. But see, you – and but the one thing, though, A-Dub, and this is why I like this new regime, is because they're just trying to see what they have. Right. So even if even though the fact that they put Braxton Jones over there at left tackle, maybe they're just trying to see, hey, you know what? Out of all the guys on, on this team, maybe he's the best left tackle we have. Then maybe they're trying to figure out who's the best right tackle we have, right? Right, right, right. Then we have the situation of right guard with Sam Mustafa. I'm not taking any shots at him, but I don't think that he's going to be the guy right and right guard. I don't think that Sam Mustafa is going to be that guy. So with that being said, who's to say that? A Tevin Jenkins doesn't get moved to a right guard See? position. That's you don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know. But I like how you, where you're going with this, Perez. They're seeing what we have. What do we have? 
who's the best at what position. And to right. me, I think we didn't do that last season, right? We didn't no. take that into consideration at all. But no. now they're like, I don't care who we draft, when we draft them at, what can they do, man? And I think getting the most, where we're going to get the most out of them at, at what position, that's most important right there. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head there, A-Dub. I think with the last regime, it was all about where they drafted the guy, right? Ryan Pace was looking at his job security. Matt Nagy was looking at his job security. Hey, these guys coming in here with a fresh slate. They coming in here with a clean slate. Yep. And they like, look, <laughs> we don't have any ulterior motives. If you can play, you go play. If you can't, we get ready, ass. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we ain't playing around, man. Ain't no playing around right now. Not got to give Ryan Poles that kind of a credit. He and Matt Flukes, they not joking around. They really are putting that work in, man, to see what they have. I love the fact, it just in this little short offseason, not only when you saw the way that Ryan Poles drafted, his, yeah. Even his eye for the type of guys that he went after, you could tell he was drafting guys to fit into Iberflus' style of play. He got him guys for his defense. Now, some people may have been upset with the fact that he didn't get enough weapons for the offense. Hey, we'll see what happens there. But for the most part, though, I like what Iberflus has because you see that these two, these two rookies that they got on that defensive side of the ball, them boys are dogs, man. They're some dogs. And the, the, the key factor there for us is that Iberflus – and uh, polls, they already realized what this team was already missing. Like, the secondary is terrible. <laughs> we got to do something immediately about that. <laughs> and they did. They went out there, right? They went out these two rookies you're talking about, man. And I think these two rookies, friends, got a chance to make a huge impact. We'll see where we go with that. But, man, I am excited for, for both of those young guys. On that defense. Yeah, on that defensive side of the ball. But then don't forget on offensively, Vellis Jones and Braxton Jones. You know, like, yeah. uh, I'm telling you, man, I, I really think that. Ryan Poles might have hit some home run picks here in this draft. We'll see. It's, it's still early. And right. even, even after a season, it might still be early to tell. But I'm telling you right now, with just some of the things that we're seeing and some of the things that we're hearing coming out of OTAs, you know, he might have a chance to hit on a couple of these picks. Hey, though. And uh, I don't think none of this stuff is a fluke. I just think the guys knows what the hell he's doing at this point. And I, I mean, I, I got high hopes for some of these guys, friends. You know what? I probably be, you probably say, Dub, you were wrong about Venice Jones Jr. when you when you gave him a grade. <laughs> and you know what? I very well be could be wrong when I gave him a C. You know, that guy messed around being B or something like that, Perez. So you mm -hmm. never know or higher because um he's in the guy that may fit this system. What do you want to do? We can we can maximize him of what we're trying to do with him. Well, and that was why my feedback to you in the audience when we drafted Velas Jones was like, I feel like everybody's just viewing him as a wide receiver. And yeah. what did I say? I said, no, you, what you have here is an athlete that you can use in a Debo Samuel type role. Yep. I wasn't comparing him to Debo Samuel because I feel like a lot of people, they do that. That's a lazy comparison. Right. Debo Samuel is a beast. I wouldn't even put I that shit you. on Velas Jones, but I'm saying <laughs> that type of role. That's why I gave him a little bit of a higher grade because I thought, Hey, he brings a little element to this offense that we did not have. And you were spot on when you said that, Perez. You were spot on. And now you've been seeing it in practice, right? It's like, damn, this is exactly what Perez was talking about right here. <laughs> and, I mean, the guy can just fly down the field. So, once he had the ball in his hands, you know, and I, I think that's the things you were talking about, man, that element that we just didn't have last season. No, I mean, that's a fair point. Now, with, with, with mandatory minicamps on, on the horizon here, which is starting here today. The big thing right now, so we've obviously closed the loop on OTA's audience, but now one of the things that I'm wondering about is, okay, looking ahead, a few things that I'm thinking about as we look ahead. Justin Fields' progress. Now, right. while his teammates raved about him, we did hear some reports of some bad practices that Justin had, A-Dub. So one of my biggest things that I'm going to be looking at with this mandatory minicamp is, 
how does Justin progress? What mm-hmm. are we hearing coming out of these practices about his performance out there? And to me, I'm also looking at the chemistry, right? What does that chemistry look like between okay. he and the rapid receiver group, right? Okay. Are they showing some signs of maturity together, right? Are they growing together? Did all that work that he and Money Moon did all the, on the offseason, did it all translate, right? So these are all things you want to see, how Pringle, you know, get involved. Vegas, right? How all these guys come together. How does Justin bring them all along? So that's also what I'm looking at, too. I think that's a really good point because in addition to Justin hopefully taking those steps forward, but also, too, not only just that chemistry with the wide receivers, but also trying to figure out outside of Darnell Mooney what you have with that group because they've yeah. been very scrutinized, they dub. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for those guys. They take a lot of hit. They're like, man, they're like giving us a fair chance uh, than Money Moon. And I will take it personal, right? You know, and say, you know what? I'm going to do something to show these Chicago fans that, hey, we can ball out too, you know? So I hope they are taking it personal, not looking at us like, oh, we, we just talking shit, whatever. But take it like, you know what? Take it with stride. You know what I mean, for us? Take it with stride and say, I, I understand the criticism. I get it. We're going to show you differently. Well, the one thing that we're hearing is obviously we, you and I have been talking about Velas Jones Jr. a lot, but I'm yeah. hearing Byron Pringle also during those OTAs seem to impress. So hopefully you got some guys like that to continue to make plays next to Darnell Mooney because he's going to need the help because Darnell Mooney's already told you. He's planning on probably getting a lot of attention from defenses this season. He's ready right. for it. And he said, if I have to be a decoy, I'm ready for that smoke. And it's going to be very imperative for a guy like Pringle, Velas Jones, somebody needs to step up and help out Mooney. And that's what's about right there for us, having another option. Once option A, option one is gone, what do you do there? And I think you're right. These other guys can step up. Pringle, Fadis Jones. I mean, you know, these guys can help out there. That makes things a lot, a lot of easy work. Matter of fact, it may open some things back up for Money Moon. I'd be playing decoy because now they got to cover other guys. So that's important right there. Now, earlier in the segment from the OTAs, I talked about what was happening with that offensive line. I think that's going to be a really important storyline when you look at these mandatory mini camps. Is what are they going to do with that old line? Ooh, what's going to happen with Sam Mustafer? Is he going to stay there at right guard? Or is he going to end up on the bench? And then we're going to see Tevin Jenkins get moved. That's going to be really important to see what happens there with that old line, A Dub. Man, it really is going to be important, friends. But you hit on there earlier, man. They have no problem moving folks around, sit the folks around to see where they can maximize them at. So you're right. You never know how this lineup is going to shape out and what it's going to look like when the season starts. You just don't know. Because as I mentioned, Tevin Jenkins was getting reps over there at right tackle. People were kind of paying attention to that. Then you see he's taking reps with the second team. You know what I mean? But I tell you that this regime, every decision they're going to make is going to be backed up by tape, and it's going to support the scheme that they're going to be running. And I'm going to like that. I like that because that goes to show you that, again, like we said, there's going to be no prejudice when it comes to these decisions that they're making, no emotion involved. All right. about football and what's in the best interest of this team. And we always talk about our laughing jeans we got a plan in place. I'm like, I don't see it, bro. But at least we can see this one. We can see this kind of clear. Yeah, and, and the mini camps is only going to give us a small taste because the real taste is going to kick off in training camp. That's really what we're going to see what time it is. Yes, sir. That's what we're going to see about what this team really about and how they're going to progress together. But – one of the other things, though, A-Dub, because it kind of piggybacks off of what we just said there when it pertains to that offensive alignment, uh, the offensive line alignment, position battles. It's going to be very curious to see not only on that offensive line, but at cornerback, right? What's going to happen yeah. there with the slot corner position with Tavon Young and Travis Graham Jr.? Because Tavon Young, he was banged up during the OTAs, and we hadn't talked about that a lot on the show. But nope, Thomas Graham Jr. has done a really good job there this offseason, and he's really – Push your Tavon Young. 
man, this kid looking to take the next step, Perez. And I think applying a lot of pressure to Young, that helps right there, right? Making more competition there. And I think Eberflus definitely looking at that, that, that group right there, man. So salute to him, man. Salute to, um, you know, uh, Graham Jr., man. I, I like the kid, Perez. You and I talked a lot about him last season, man. Unfortunately, he kind of got a late start due to, you know, the last regime. But, again, we, we like the kid, man. I want to see him able to do this season. I really do. Yeah, so you got that the position battle there at the slot corner, obviously corner, which we probably more than likely going to see Kyler Gordon get that spot, right? So they may yeah. act like that's a position battle over there. But then you also have the wide receiver situation that we talked about, the offensive line situation. I mean, there's a lot of positions that are up for grabs right now. That's true. It's going to be interesting to see who actually come out on top. But you know, one of the points that you brought up a little bit earlier in this show that I wanted to make sure that we were focusing on when it comes to this defense you talked about our cornerbacks, and you talked about our secondary. And one of the things that A-Dub that I really want to hone in on is the fact that Ryan Poles did do such a good job of upgrading that position because you and I talked about it last year. The secondary yeah. was awful. All those corners that they were trying out opposite of Jalen Johnson, they just they didn't get it done, right? Right. When you look at what they have now in that secondary, I mean, it gives us all reason for hope. And if that, def if that defensive line can get some pressure on the quarterback – that secondary is going to be posed, poised to make some really big-time plays, they do. And that's the key right there, Press. If that defensive line can't give us something, you're right, man. I don't see Kyle Gordon, Jaquan Brisker slacking off, Press. Matter of fact, Zayna Johnson, we don't see these guys slacking off. They want that ball, Press. So I, I think they're coming probably a little bit hungrier this time around than they were last season. Of course, the rookies, they weren't, playing, they weren't on the team last year. But I think now you got more of a commitment to now want to make big plays. Yeah, and the one thing that I'm going to really be paying attention to with these mandatory minicamps is the fact of being able to see Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson lining up with the ones. We didn't yeah. get to see that in the OTAs, right? Because Jalen right. was running with the twos. And then when Jalen did return back to the starting lineup, Kyler Gordon sat. So I think this is going to be really good to see how these guys play off of each other, right? Because you right. know that there's going to be situations in those practices that, that uh, Justin feels he's going to attack Kyler Gordon, as he should. He should. Yeah, he should. Hey, look, welcome, 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 welcome to the team, baby. <laughs> Tackle, man. See what you have to do, right, friends? Hey, these guys should be challenged. Whether it's the preseason game, whatever. But I want to see these guys get attacked that way in practice, friends. So, A-Dub, before we get out of here, man, I want to get your thoughts on maybe a player or two outside of Justin Fields that you're going to be watching in mandatory minicamps this week. I will be watching Tonka, Press. Oh, big Chris. Got to watch some prayers. And here's why. You hit it on the head earlier, right? With the departure of some of our big guys, Eddie, Eddie Goldman, Higgs. Somebody got to step up, man. Somebody got to step up. We saw some good things out of Tonga last year. He was still a little green. We like he still needed a little bit more work to show us something. So now he has some chance to all season, all that stuff. Where is he working towards now? I would like to see where he's at. I mean, that's fair. And also, too, now when you bring a Mike Fennell in, as I mentioned earlier, yep, just talking about more competition, that, that's a guy that they're brought in to compete with with him at the nose tackle at the nose tackle spot. And he does, so I think that was a really good one because Tonga, man, that dude at points of the season last year, before he started racking up a lot of those penalties, yeah, he was a very <laughs> physical presence out there in that defense. And he's somebody that I definitely think is definitely he's worth a lot of us paying attention to and really honing in on. Man, I want to see how he clogged up that middle press. So I guess for me, A-Dub, I got to say Big Tevin. Tevin James. Okay. So I know I'm high on Braxton. We're very high on Larry Borum. But a part of me still over here looking at Tevin like, man, I think Tevin still has the talent, man. He still has it. 
And I hope that this regime finds a spot for him on that offensive line, because one of the things that you talked about on this show, well, one of the things you talked about repeatedly about seven is the fact that this kid protected his quarterback when it mattered and when it counted. Right. Right. That to me, and that's, I'm about to make a meathead statement here. I don't care. <laughs> that should, that shit matters to me. Your quarterback and if he's if people are taking cheap shots against him, I want a guy in that fucking mix that's, that you know as a defense. Hey, I'm not going to pull it with Justin Fields because this guy's going to knock my fucking head off, right? Right, right. We need to find a way to get that guy on the, on the field. So it's going to be really imperative to see, hey, how Tevin Jenkins kind of gets worked into the mix here. Because I'll tell you one thing, man. I was surprised when he started doing uh, time with the twos. I'm like, damn. I said, you're not fucking around. <laughs> Right, they they telling him like, hey, you better step up, bro, or something, right? So I'm with you, Prince. I am rooting for Jenkins, man. I really am. I think it'll be a good storyline overall if to see him, you know, take the spot like that. But you're right, man. This regime's not going to give it to him. He's going to have to earn it, Prince. He's so, going to have to earn it. That's and right. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and so it's too, it's still too early to talk about starting jobs, but I don't think it's early enough for us to at least keep a critical eye on what's Agreed. going on with these positions. So a guy like that, I would say, too, if I had another guy that I would kind of keep an eye on, it would probably be Byron Pringle because, again, somebody outside of Darnell Mooney has to step up in that wide receiver room. Oh, definitely, man, for sure. We're not talking about it already, Prince. We're going to need a solid number two, Money Moon being the number one. We're going to need a solid number two. And a guy like him is capable of being that, so – Let's see how he progressed there within this team. Thomas Graham Jr., I'm still looking at him for his second year. I want to see who he's able to contribute on this team, right? I want to see where he fits in on this team. We got a lot of other young players on this team that we saw for us that's coming in who's trying to make a name for themselves. Where does this kid fit in at? I'm willing to be watching Thomas Graham Jr. Oh, hey, listen, that's a, that's a really good one right there because he's got a really strong chance of really making some noise in that slot corner spot. Right. And even if he doesn't get that spot, I still think that he plays a lot. He's definitely going to be a core special teamer. He's going to be somebody that we're going to see on the field a lot. If he gets some, you know, get some snaps made out there, because I think a kid like him deserves it. But you're right. Even foods, they're not going to just give you anything that we talked about. You got to earn it. So, And I guess before we get out of here, I want to talk about Jalen Johnson real quick, because yes, sir. obviously I mentioned this guy, future all pro. I mean, he's just, he's a hell of a ball player. Lockdown corner. You know what I mean? Just really good instincts. Great player. Now, I think Matt Eberflus knows that as well. But he also wants to make sure, speaking of earning it, that we're not going to give you anything, kid. You're going to come in here just like everybody else, and you're going to earn your spot. But also, right. too, you don't think that Matt Eberflus and other people in that organization maybe talked about some of the little attention to detail things that Jalen may have slacked on last season, showing up on time, maybe not being accountable, maybe not being right. in his playbook. So my thing is, I want to see how he responds this week in practices. And if we hear reports coming out of practice that, hey, Jalen was dominating, Jalen was doing this, Jalen was doing that, that's what you want to hear. That's what I want to hear. I want to see how he responds to what Matt Eberflus did to him last week. I think, like you hit on the head, man, they want to get the most out of him too. Like, hey, we saw some good things. We saw some tape. But we know we can, you can do better than that. So I'm glad they're challenging him in that way, Perez, to be a leader on this team as well and to step his game up. Yeah. I mean, because you already seen it with Eddie Jackson, with the fact that they gave him a clean slate, but they're talking about the fact that Eddie is being a leader within that secondary room, especially with the safeties. That's what you want from a guy that's a former All-Pro. I want to hear more of Eddie Jackson. I want to hear more great things out of this guy, man, because um, 
I'm pulling for him. We want to see better from this guy. So the money we spent on you, Eddie Jackson, we want to see the value of that. So, hey, man, show us something. Yeah, Eddie's playing for his next contract. Now, he probably ain't going to get, like, another monster one like that. But, Eddie, you hey, you still playing for your next opportunity, whether that's here or whether that's somewhere else. So, hey, this organization is giving you another shot at it. And so I'm hoping that Eddie rises to the occasion. And I'll be really curious to see how he looks in man mandatory mini camps, but also not just at mandatory mini camps, hey, Dub. I want to see how his attitude is at training camp. Yeah, that's key right there, Perez. Where Star said, right? As he, uh, what, what does that foundation look like when it comes down to him, when it comes down to his bro? So I'm with you there. Listen, audience, A-Dub and I, we're going to get out of here because we got some mandatory mini camps film to break down. And, and some of these practices, we want to make sure that by the end of this week, we're going to have another episode that we'll be able to kick over to you guys. We're going to break down our thoughts on what we saw from mandatory mini camps. As always, we appreciate you guys and your continued support and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Essentials, and we are out.